The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And we're back here on Analyze This on the Power Hour. The February 2023 edition is in effect. We've got uh, CEO Andrew Smith from the Virgin Islands Water and Power Authority. Good morning, Mr. CEO. How are you? Uh, good morning, Neville. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now, yeah. I just, oh, great. Good, good morning. How are you doing? Yeah, we're just doing a, a quorum call again. Just want to make sure that you were there and, and let the public know. And, of course, uh, Energy Office Director, actually a founder of the Power Hour, Mr. Kyle Fleming. Good morning again, sir. Good morning. Uh, present, I think. Yeah, pre- I like that. Quorum like has that. been established. Yes, yes, yes. Quorum's established. Um, so we asked that question with respect to uh, we're putting this new infrastructure in place, um, Mr. Uh, Smith. Um, lease agreements and all that stuff going forward. Um, what should the public know? Uh, we're talking. We're, we're, we were talking about efficiency and reduction of costs, what have you. But what about the arrangements with the entities that uh, we are installing this uh, infrastructure with? So we we want to own our infrastructure. Uh, rather than, than lease it. Um, you know, every everything that I'm looking at and that the organization WAPA is working on is, you know, with a mindset to the value of the investment, right? And when I think about the value of the investment, um, we pay about $800,000 a month to lease the Agreco generators. And I mentioned that's about a penny and a half in rates, right? If I own them, I don't have to pay $800,000 a month. Right. That's a cost that I then do not have to charge my customers because I have no source of revenue other than the electricity that I sell to, to my customers. So if I get rid of that lease expense, that lowers my, my cost. I mentioned more efficient generation on St. Croix. That lowers my cost by, you know, a little over, you know, almost two cents, maybe a little more than two cents, depending on where fuel prices are. Right. So the combination of those two initiatives, right, takes three and a half ish cents out of my rate or out of my cost structure, right? That's cost I don't have to collect from the consumer. Um, more efficient generation on St. Thomas, right? We talked about the wart sillas that are coming online. Th- those save, you know, six to seven cents in rates, right? In terms of my, of my cost, right? And so, so the drive in all of this is to not only improve reliability, but lower the cost, right? So that we can get the rate down. Now, we got a lot of work to do because what what it cost us today to operate the water and power authority and it's almost entirely fuel cost is more than we charge our customers today right we charge our residential customers 41 cents a kilowatt hour we pay more than that to make that electricity so we got to get that cost down and continue to drive it down and we and you know my ultimate goal in this is a reliable affordable system where we can get the rates down to you know, lower the burden of the cost of electricity on the community. Okay, okay. Let, 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 I got I got two questions I want to ask. One based on appropriations, and one based on the realities um, of what we're dealing with here in the Virgin Islands. Um, director Smith and Energy Office Director Fleming. Um, we are in February of 2023, and Congress stepped up on behalf of. Texas, Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands five years ago <clears throat> with respect to making monies available so that we could harden our infrastructure and be more resilient. We focus on, on, on Virgin Islands for obvious reasons because here is where we live. 
they awarded a significant amount of money through HUD, right? Uh, and we've got five tranches from HUD, one for two hundred and forty-two million six hundred and eighty-four thousand, another one for that was approved in July of twenty eighteen, another one for seven hundred and seventy-nine million two hundred and seventeen thousand, that was approved in March of two thousand nineteen. These are for different things, housing, what have you. I had a third one, a supplemental infrastructure appropriation for $53,588,884. That was in November of 2020. It was tranche four for in July of 2021, right, for $774,188,000. That's the CDMG mitigation, right, action plan. And then tranche five, which is the electrical grid. The Federal Register notice for the fifth allocation of $67 million, 653000 um, has been issued. An action plan will be developed and sent to HUD for approval. That's WAPA, that last one. You familiar with this one, um, CEO Smith? The 60, yes, I am, Neville. The $67.6 million. Where are we with respect to this action plan? And, and what is this going to provide for the people of the Virgin Islands? So, so the action plan uh, has, has been developed in coordination with the Virgin Islands Housing and Finance Authority. Uh, it's, it's been through, there are a number of steps that go along with these federal federal grants and funding. Uh, you know, there's a public noticing period. There's a period where the public can comment. Uh, there's, a, there's a period where, you know, the, the federal agencies, you know, not only HUD, but other federal agencies can have input into the, uh, into the plan. And, and you're absolutely right. That those federal partner investments are critical to the Virgin Islands um, because it's it's a cost. We talked a second ago about rates, right, and lease cost and rates and fuel cost and rates. When projects are supported by our federal partners, we do not have to recover the cost of those projects in our rates. So it's 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 a it's a it's a really critical investment in our community. The electrical grid action plan is another step in hardening the WAPA infrastructure, right? One of the things that we envision in that, you know battery storage we've talked a lot about today. We need more of it, right? And so one of the things that we're looking at in that plan is the addition of additional battery storage for both, you know, St. Thomas and St. Croix. Um, and so, you know, every every step forward that we take with, with all of these investments is with, a, with an eye to doing two things. It's improving reliability and lowering cost. So that electrical grid action plan is is in the process of getting finalized to then go out and start to align specific projects that would then be funded through that electrical grid action plan. So we don't have that. We don't have access to the money yet. We're still going through the administrative phase. Is what you're hearing, uh, Mr. Board Chairman, as a board, uh, 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 as the board asking um, the, yep. uh, the the water and power authority management. That's what we have. Yeah, so I think that's that's one of the you know one of, one of the key things as, as you talked about all those different tranches of, of, of funds. There's a key thing to understand, and that because our biggest fear, and I can be honest with you, and our biggest fear is money going back, you know. And, and I know the government is, is is cognizant of this fear as well. And in some instances, they don't go back and end up in receivership. You check because at that point, they're pretty much telling you, well, it look like I don't know how to spend our money or why you're doing with the money, so we gonna put something in place, and we don't want that either because I know for in fact, we have the capacity. Maybe we got some structural issues that we need to correct and all that stuff. But at the same time, we're looking at, what, $1.9 million in hard money here, you know, for a number of different areas, economic development, housing, um, energy, 
And energy is critical because you can't have economic development in reality if you don't have a sound energy policy because people ain't going to be paying through the wazoo for energy because it don't make any sense to invest if the energy costs are so high. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's a, a very clear reality, but I think that the, the key challenge is, and you know, while we have certain levels of capacity, I think the, the reality of having all of that funding available, having that many different projects on the, on the, on the horizon or, or at our potential disposal, then if we really if we really sit back and look at where where we are from actually being able to deploy those funds like it's it is not as easy it's i, I try to tell people this isn't a uh, it's not just a the federal government it's not just a, a blank check where you can just go and just spend 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 yeah, so like yeah. even you talk about this action uh, ceo smith talked about the action plan that's a, a step in the process of getting to being able to access those funds so yes they might have identified those funds in 2021 mm-hmm. But there's still a path to being able to, we're in 2023 and we still haven't touched those funds. There's not, there's no dollars in an account that can then go and be spent. And so that's, and that's the reality of all these federal funds. And that's why I think, you know, one of the things we've, we've certainly looked at and as, as valuable as these federal funds are to transforming our energy system, our, 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 our energy profile in the territory, there's, there's, a, there's always this kind of, uh, this, this balancing act because we know that those funds are available and there's opportunities are there to fix our, our, a lot of the long-term issues, but we also have these near-term problems that the federal funds aren't as helpful or some of the federal funds aren't as helpful to addressing in real time. And so it's it's that balancing act of, obviously we have things that we need to deal with today. We, you know, we have shortfalls, we have you know performance and service issues that we have to deal with today while also trying to bring on these uh, you know, not necessarily the, the most readily accessible funds, but there's still a lot of work that has to go into accessing those funds while we're still also trying to deal with the current challenges of operating a, a, a multi-island, uh, you know, treacherous terrain power system across the U.S. Virgin Islands. That's, but that's the reason why I asked the question, because I want the public to be aware of processes, not just appropriation, but there's processes that go with it as well. Good morning, Carla. You have a, call, you have a, a comment or a question? for um, yeah, the, the leadership? Yeah, I'm calling back uh, if, if Mr. Smith is still there. What I would like to know, in the Richmond facility, is the HERSIG, the heat steam recovery generators, are they, I, somebody told me they were still operable? They, 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 are, they are not. Um, good morning, caller. Thank you for the question. Let me give a little bit of, again, back to the education that, that Neville talked about for the audience listening. There, you can run a power plant that produces electricity with a turbine. Simplistically, it's a jet engine, right? Jet engines give off a lot of waste heat. So what the caller is referring to is that to improve the efficiency uh, and thus the cost of making electricity, you, you, you put what's called a heat recovery steam generator on top of on top of that that jet engine so think about putting a tea kettle right on top of a hot stove water boils it makes steam right that steam is then used to uh, operate a steam turbine that also makes electricity so what you're doing is rather than running a jet engine to make electricity and wasting the heat you capture the energy that's in that heat in terms of making steam you use that steam to then turn another generator to make more electricity. So you're, you're basically using more of the energy for each molecule that you that you burn. Um, WAPA moved away from steam 
about 10 or 11 years ago now. Uh, you know, again, not sure why the decision was made, but that's where we are. Uh, the other thing that, that, not to digress too much, but we used to use steam to make water to desalinate seawater. We now use reverse osmosis to make, ele- uh, sorry, to make water because we don't produce steam in the power plant anymore. That's it. That's well, it. Uh, and, 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 yeah, well, well uh, I want to well, just give one. Hold on, hold on, Mr. Grant. You wanted sure. to, to dovetail on that, uh, uh, Mr. Chairman? Yeah, so just wanted to kind of add one point to that uh, relative to the analogy that C.O. Smith used earlier in terms of if, if you think of a, a large turbine as a, as, a, as a train. If you're looking at now a large turbine coupled with a, a steam turbine on top of that, now you're, you're not just going from a train. Now you're talking about possibly a spaceship. This is a lot. This is, so in terms of the reaction, in terms of like having to, in terms of the, when we talk about having to react to surges and, 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 and variability, this is adding more and more inertia to a system um, that that can react in in a, in a very different way, especially when it's not in a perfect base load configuration. Mr. Grant. Yeah, well, uh, I just wanted to uh, act on what CEO Smith said about what when we was a steam driven plant. Of course, we had uh, the steam turbines. We had the boilers making high-pressure steam to turn the steam-driven turbines and the low-pressure saturated steam going back to the IDEs, where we made, where we con- uh, we used uh, seawater as a cooling water and condensed that back, not uh, uh, doing uh, basically filtration, which is reverse osmosis, are using seawater to convert it to fresh water, lowering the salinity, but to make fresh drinkable water. And when we had those IDEs, we made some of the best drinkable water. So I was just asking if these units was operable, because if they were, based on my initiative that I submitted, uh, that I coupled with uh, former Senate President Armando Rocky Blackwood, uh, Bill Number Thirty One Zero Four Seven Three, which uh, provided for the establishment of a bottled water plant. That this was a way that we could now generate revenues other than the sale of electricity and water in the Virgin Islands, which would now be able to help subsidize WAPA's major expenditure, which is fuel. So uh, that's why I was asking about the condition of the, I know it, the one in the Harley facility it needed retubing. I, I know the one in the Richmond facility, I, told, I, I was told that periodically they would just start it up and operations would just start it just to make sure it's operable. Isn't that, it wasn't that it was connected to anything because like CEO Smith said, we've gone away from steam, uh, steam driven plant. So that was the purpose for that question about the Hersig, the steam recovery generators. Thank you very much. For your answer. Mr. Grant, thank you very much. And I want to say this. Uh, um, I, at the time, uh, as a member of the um, the legislature, um, was uh, a proponent of the waste heat uh, when, it was, when it was made public, when it was proposed uh, to us because and, um, in your explanation, CEO Smith, you were saying we were we were capturing steam and using that as a form of energy. Is that my understanding? That, that, that's correct, Neville. And 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 when when and given where we were at that particular time, um, Director uh, Fleming, we were looking at any way, right, to 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 reduce costs and or at least 
you know, um, you know, find ways to use what was out there, what was just being wasted as a means of, uh, you know, providing uh, energy. Now you you answer the question, and it really you you really broke it down for me where you were saying. Uh, uh, an additional level, level, level it's, it's like government. <laughs> you, you were saying there's another level of, uh, in this case, it would be bureaucracy if we're talking government, right? Because we're talking about infrastructure. And, and, and that, was a, uh, that, that, that was interesting because we went reverse osmosis. What I found curious was that um, CEO Smith, you said we went away from that 10, 11 years ago. And when this was, um, suggested was in 2010, which right. was 13 years ago. So that means it didn't even last long. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's frustrating. You know, because we're telling the public at the time, you know, me and um, uh, we were in the middle of a campaign. I remember that. And um, we had one candidate saying that there's Hurricane this and she coming after Hurricane. She coming after Hurricane Hugo and all that stuff. And mm -hmm. I was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? We're supposed to be holding hands. But, you know, politics is what it is. But at the end of the day, we want three things. We want reliability, first of all. We want efficiency, right? And we want affordability. And at some point, I believe it's in WAPA's best interest. And I'm speaking, I'm going to let you answer first, uh, Mr. CEO, Mr. Um, Chairman of the Board. We need to put in place a timeline so the public could have a better feel for when we gonna realize these three mandates, because it's important not only for the public but for the Water and Power Authority. I, I couldn't agree more, and I think if I would add one thing to to your list, on the fourth would be uh, would be customer service. Oh, it, and, oh yeah, and, and yeah. this isn't just I'm not just talking about when people go to to the office to pay their bill. I'm I'm talking about from whether it's being connected, you know, a new 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 service connections. Whether it be you know outage repair, uh, whether it be uh, looking at you know in, improving the uh, our, the accuracy of our you know billing practices to make sure the the consumer is better informed of their energy usage and the impacts of their changes in lifestyle to that, the overall experience from the customer side, I think that's a very valuable part of our operation that I think is also something that's critical. That, that's a very good point. We're gonna take a break and we come back. We got I um, on for about another ten minutes. Uh, I got a question I want to ask. Uh, based on what I'm seeing outside. And I want to ask that question to CEO Smith uh, when we come back from this break. The Power Hour, February 2023. Real time. We'll be back right after this. Listening to the wings of a monarch butterfly. What a magical thought. They arrive here on the Day of the Dead, which we celebrate here in Mexico. And a lot of the indigenous people believe that it's the souls of their ancestors that are returning. You know? And it's very spiritual. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. Great question. That is a great question. And that's a great question. Wow, that's another great question. That's uh, that's a great question. Oh, that's a great, <laughs> that's a great question. That is a great question. What a great question. On Fresh Air, you'll hear unexpected questions and unexpected answers. Weekdays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. 
I'm Scott Tong from Public Radio's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. We bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up. Plus, conversations with authors and artists, stories that affect you, maybe a story about you. So join us for NPR's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. Right here on WTJX-FM 93.1. Parents, have you struggled with finding safe spaces for your children to meet up and learn through play and social interaction? Teen Time at the VI Children's Museum offers fun family learning for children ages 12 to 18 years old. A free program for all participants. For dates and information, 340-643-0366 or teentime at vichildrensmuseum.org. And we're back here and analyze this and the power hour. We're going to be uh, wrapping it up in a little bit. Um, CEO Spike, did, are you still here? Uh, I think the CEO had, had to step out. Right? I don't know if he's still, still, still here. Okay, still good. Here. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I just, I know you, you, you got to run. I just wanted to ask you one final question real quick. Um, sure. How's the weather on St. Thomas right now? Uh, it's sunny with some scattered clouds. So it's beautiful. That, that's what you're saying, right? Yeah, absolutely beautiful. <laughs> and absolutely and, beautiful. and we're look, I'm looking outside from my vista because it's lovely up here as well. And we are simply not taking advantage of these natural benefits that God is making available to us. For those who are in the business of alternative energy sources, what have you, can you please enlighten us and, and give us um, some sense of hope that that we're going to incorporate something like this into our in, into into the fold going forward and not be dependent on infrastructure and commodity absolutely. that's absolutely right because we we have abundant natural resource in both sun and wind uh that we should be taking advantage of we have some you know small amount of solar on both saint thomas and saint croix we need more uh, on, on both islands. Uh, certainly wind power is a nice complement to that as well. And so we are we are in advanced discussions with uh, multiple providers of, of both of both of those resources. And so we're going to be looking to push those forward here in the relatively near term uh, to start to get exactly what you're describing is, you know, a, a major penetration of renewable energy uh, onto onto our system because it 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 materially reduces our dependence on fossil fuel and it lowers our cost. Um, it's environmentally friendly. We can go, we can talk for a long time about the, the benefits of having renewable energy, you know, but my biggest focus with renewable energy is it's, 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 it's a lot less expensive, right? For our customers. That is the primary focus of, of why I'm really focused on renewable energy. Mr. CEO, thank you very much for joining us. Um, looking forward to speaking with you um, maybe later this month. That that's that sounds good, and I just wanted to highlight two quick things before I before I, I hop off. I really appreciate the time, Neville. Always enjoy the conversation. Um, I, I'd like listeners who are interested. We have a career fair for linemen uh, that's being hosted tomorrow from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Market Square uh, on St. Thomas. That's our new linemen headquarters. Uh, we'll have our veteran line crews out to talk about you know the work that they do and how critical it is to the community. And so, if there are people online who are interested, uh, please. Come 
come out and join us and meet you know meet some of our linemen. The other thing I'd like to encourage the public to come join us is we will be at Ag Fair this year. We will have a bucket truck out. We'll have a pole planted, and there'll be linemen demonstrations, uh, so that you know the the public can see what our you know men and women do every day, and how they you know how they keep the system operating. And so we'd really like to see people out to to both of those events. Uh, and I just like to thank you for the time, thank the audience for listening, and thank the hard, uh, thank the hard work of men and women women of WAPA, and wish everybody a happy weekend. Thank you very much, Mr. CEO, for being a part of the Powawa uh, this morning. I'm looking forward to speaking with you um, sometime later this month. Appreciate it. Have, have fun at the Ag Fair. You're going to love it. Thank you. I look, look forward to seeing everybody out there. Okay, good. Thank you very much. That's right, um, CEO you. Andy Smith joining us on the Powawa. Mr. Mr. Chairman of the board, let me ask this question to you. Um, <clears throat> when are I going to these board meetings? I know, you know, you could get comfortable in these board meeting settings because they got catering and all kind of thing and all uh, you with title rubbing shoulders and all that stuff. But um, are you really understand that the people depending on you to make sure the policy, because that's what you into, right? The board is into policy. Management is into leadership. And the hardworking men and women at the Virgin Islands Water and Power Authority carry out the mandate and execute the policy and all that stuff. I mean, I, I really understand how important people depending on IO for our existence, man. It's, 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 it's certainly not a rule that I take lightly in any capacity. Uh, you know, fortunately for me, you know, this is also, this world is also my passion. Mm -hmm. You know, if, 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 if I wasn't doing this here, I'd be doing this somewhere else. And that's what I did before I came here. So this is my world. This is my life. So the, 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 it's not lost on me for a second how, how critical the, the support and oversight and, and engagement that we as the board provide. I think, you know, one of the things we constantly talk about, and this is where, you know, ideally we want to be, I'd be lying if I said that, you know, we as a board are doing everything that I think we would would want to be doing. But I think a lot of that comes from the reality that there's so much foundational improvements and corrections that, that are underway that, that need to be, you know, f completely, you know, to, to be completed for us to really start getting into guiding in, in the way that I think is most effective. You know, I think I, I, the way I talk, uh, explained it to somebody the other day is like, right now we're still in the, in the, the you know, the, the foundation, the, 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 to some aspects, we're still building the cistern. And so we'd like to get to the point where we're talking about the finishing touches. We're talking about how are we squeezing out the most efficiency out of this system, not just from a generation standpoint, not from a generator standpoint, but from a renewable standpoint, from a, from a more complex battery system uh, that balances our, our, our grid in the ways that we see it happening in Australia. We see it happening in California. We see it happening in other, other small island nations. You know, I, I would really like to see the territory be at the forefront of technology. We're not there. And the reason why we're not there is because we can't be we can't be as creative as we want to be when we're still working through these foundational issues. So I'm, I'm excited for the board to be more of that kind of guiding light. But we have to be realistic again when we're building the system. We can't be picking curtains for, you know, the, the, the kitchen or tiles for the floors. We still have to deal with the, the foundational the critical foundations to then have the rest of the, the house, the rest of the, the, the structure to, to put together. Good morning. Good morning. Critical foundation to then have the rest of the house, the rest of the, the structure to put together. Good morning. We have, we have a call on the air. Good morning, Neville. This is Bernie. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm so proud of what you've been doing for quite a while. But what I'm Thank trying you. to 
assist you in from a financial point of view, which you know, I myself running the public finance authority and dealing with the first credit rating for this government with your support. I want that public know, and you never know, <clears throat> the reason why the government is having problems with getting that CDBG money and all the federal funds <clears throat> is because we haven't done unaudited financial statements. If we did the unaudited financial statement, what we do with CDBG is HUD would allow you to do an MOU with HUD and the money goes directly to WAPA and they become a subscription. So once you have an audited financial statement, you won't have to go through all the processes that these that we experience. And right now, I'm concerned, even with the funding that HUD has given us, we might have to claw back those funds because WAPA is not a going concern entity. They are not structured and don't have proper up-to-date audits. And that's what concerned me if the Republicans come in and look at our financials. And that's where you've been complaining about the last three, four months. The governor needs to have someone that understands financial auditing structure and put the whole government under the proper procedure going forward. Else all those funds, Neville, will be going back within the next two to three years because that's why Masia Fudge came down and the governor is talking about he doesn't deal with her and she doesn't understand the scale and he's going to her technical people. But remember, Marcia Fudge cannot afford to go before a grand jury because the Virgin Island decide not to follow proper procedure. Neville, people like yourself, Doc Skoll, I already laid out as a PSC director what WAPA needed to do from four years ago. The governor himself now has adopted the subsidies, which I explained to Kenneth Mapp as well. And we would have been on road. There's, there's 600 acres at Betty's Hope in St. Croix. We offered the government at the time with Bob O'Connor's chairman 60 minutes to 90 minutes at 12 cents per kilowatt at Betty's Hope. And that, there's a line with Clinton. Hendrington was aware of three phases. We never had a financial problem with WAPA. We have a behavior problem. And until you got the people that's running this government in the right era, we already did a transformation plan for WAPA to correct the problem from four years ago. And I'm saying to you, Neville, you're crying every day and you're doing a good job. You and Rocky, how we recess. When I was running WAPA back in the day with, with Mr. George, we were doing 200 megs a month. 120 megs in St. Thomas, 80 megs in St. Croix. Our debt service and our outstanding obligation at the time was $250 million. We only had to pay $23 million. Today, Rocky, WAPA's debt, and they're doing 80 megs, uh, uh, Neville, I'm sorry, is $1.2 billion, Rocky. I mean, Neville. I'm saying to you, unless you have someone that understands what needs to be done, the people at WAPA, the director and Mr. the gentleman there that's the chairman, they are doing what they could, but you need real professional people to clean this up. And that's really what I'm concerned about. And the more people come off the grid, we're giving hotels EDC benefits, Neville. Those people, that's $2 million a month. 
we lost as revenue. That's $24 million. We need to have everyone on the grid to get the MEGs up so we could sustain WAPA. Let me let the energy office director, the chairman of the board, um, chime in because you, you put a lot, of, a lot of things on the plate there. Um, first of all, l- let's start with the most recent thing you said. There is a legitimate concern that the more people come off the grid, the more that hurts WAPA. Now, of course, it reduces um, your, your responsibilities and all that stuff, but we do have revenue um, that we need to generate because we have bonds and stuff that we need to service. Right, but this... And, and, and employees that need to be paid. And this is... But Vendors this, that need to be paid as well. And, and, and like, I couldn't agree. I think of everything you said, I think I agree with that portion the most. Like, I think it's certainly important for us to try and sustain a customer base. It's also important to sustain and also try to gain... Uh, a customer base as well. So I think that in terms of trying to mitigate people leaving the grid, that's a, clearly an important thing to do. But for, we can't do that if we can't if we don't have the foundational pieces complete. If we, if we don't have a if someone can go and produce sound, their own sound power, infrastructure, yeah. If if, if if they can if if a business whether it be hotel, grocery store, a uh, large commercial entity, which we see happen time and time again, can go through the engineering and understand the economics and reliability improvements they might get for doing it themselves. That's a decision that we're creating. You have, you have no control over that. You have no control over that. Yeah. But, but what we have control over is trying to make that a, a tougher economic or tougher engineering yes. case for them by improving our foundational issues. But Correct. if we can't, if we don't have those corrections in place yet, how can we offer that as, a, as an alternative when they're looking at, at, at going a different way in their energy mix? So that, that, we that, have that, to that, fix our issues before that, we can then save the that. Question, that. Then the follow-up question is, how much longer are we going to be in transition to get to the point where we make that de- de- that that decision a tough economic decision for those who have the means. So I think that's the that is the, the that is the, the that's the gorilla, elephant in the room. That's, that's, that's a gorilla sitting on the stool right there. So uh, watching us because the time because at the, at the end of the day, as time goes by, the alternative solutions become more readily available. So mm-hmm. 10, 15 years ago, the uh, the concept of uh, somebody going out and b- building their own microgrid at their at their grocery store, for example. It wasn't conceivable. The cost of the engineering, the cost of the equipment, you know, the, kind of the scale that allowed for the, the units to be um, scaled down and still economic just weren't available. Now, 15 years later, these solutions are off the shelf to the extent they've been done the world over. So there's there's far more availability of the alternative. And we are, are still haven't created a good counter argument as of yet until these until these solutions are until these corrections come into place. So now, now, now can, can, uh, that, that, that's a good point. Um, the the rate payers, the business people, they may not have been as knowledgeable about how they can go about reducing costs for their businesses. Because remember, now, when you're running a business, it's a bottom line. You're, you're looking at you don't want to spend more than you have to. So how do we, uh, What what is your take from that perspective, Ken Bernier? Well, Neville, you know, I would really need to sit with you and educate the No, public. no, no that's, from, that's from a generic standpoint, no, though, let, be, let because, me, because that's I, a legitimate counter-argument. Okay, okay. The key factor is we're in a position with substantial amount of federal funds. The governor needs to go and pay Vital the money. Well, that's a, so well, we, well, that's a, that, that's a, that, that's a recovery issue you're talking about, and, well, I, well, I, well, and, well, and I agree with you on that. The, 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 Vital, the, the, the Vital issue is a lot more complicated than people want to, people may, may, may not know. Is complicated. Everything is right in front of us if we are capable of performing. I am saying to you professionally now, I, I, I didn't want to 
get back and forth because this is not I, I I really didn't want to talk with the chairman and I'm sorry that I brought it up because really it was not really the discussion for him today because no, it's okay really, it's okay he could handle himself so, don't worry about what I'm saying could... to you what I'm saying to you we have a model we have a group on a model that could fix WAPA within 12 months that's what we're trained to do I don't want I am capable of satisfying the needs of what people in 12 months putting 60 to 90 megs at Betty's Hope in St. Croix with batteries, okay, and we'll finance it because the funding is there. There are people that want to come in and subsidize and engage. I wrote letters to PFA already, and the governor has not responded to me, and I represent entities that correct the problem. At the same time, the same $5 million that he's actually subsidizing WAPA with, that would have been had to be done straight line for a year, Neville, to subsidize it so we could get rid of a Greco, which is a million dollars, what the federal government has been telling Whopper and telling the government of the Virgin Islands, have an audited financial statement, and then they become a subscription, and all these funds can be taken and given to these agencies, and there's no issue Un of... Unfortunately, unfortunately I, I, I have to cut them off because, uh, Mr. Benary, you have not been sitting in these meetings with these federal partners to the extent that I have been, and you have been a part of none of these conversations where any of that has been stated. So I, I don't know I don't know where your perspective is coming from on that in that as if there is one simple uh, correction to, to solve it all. I know for a fact you have not been in those calls. I am in those calls. The director of the uh, Water Power Authority Chairman. is in those calls. So I, I'm, I'm, I, I hear you are saying words here today, but I'm also part of these conversations far more intimately and far more professionally than you are on a day-to-day -day basis. So I'm not sure how to take what you're saying as or how you're expecting that to be taken as God, given the fact that you are not part of these conversations. Mr. Chairman, let me share with you, since you just come on board, as a former... No, I, I did not just come on board. I've been, I've been on the board since 2019. You said, you said you deal with daily issues. I'm dealing with policy. I'm dealing with the bond market. I'm dealing with the energy office. The Department of Energy... I'm, 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 I'm the director for the energy office, and we, and we have never engaged. The director doesn't mean anything. I'm talking no, about no, finance. No, no, no. Hold, 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 hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Second um, Gentlemen, you know I respect both of you. Highly, and the last thing I want is for our discussion to deteriorate to where it could go to. And matter of fact, it ain't gonna happen when I get behind the mic. We know that, right? Um, your 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 concern is a policy concern, Mr. Bernier. That's what you're talking about. That's why I'm on policy. That's why I didn't want to get to the daily operation of WAPA. I'm talking uh, about uh, policy. Uh, okay, okay. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. We're going for a break, right? When we come back, because I want the public to know where we at. Okay, because policy is critical. That's what actually lets us know how to go about doing what we need to do. So we take a break and we come back from this. A new year equals new business opportunities at Bank of St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix offers deposit banking products, business online platforms, and commercial loans. Their SBA lending department offers financing options and access to capital for businesses. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallus Bay, 340-773-8500, and one in Peters Rest, 340-713-8500. Bank of St. Croix is an equal housing lender. Bankofstcroix.com. You know exactly how you take your morning coffee. 
Knowing where to get news you can rely on is just as simple. Listen to Morning Edition from NPR News every weekday. From 6 to 8 a.m. here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. You can also listen on demand via the WTJX app, available for download from the App Store in Google Play. So I spent the past year trying to figure out what news design for 21st century humans might look like. One of the things that really stuck with me was that we now know that humans actually need hope to get up in the morning. And I don't think as a journalist, I ever thought about it that way. We're always looking for new and better ways to understand the world we live in. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. What is the secret to happiness? That's a really good question. And how can we live a more meaningful existence? Here's the secret, I think, of life. I'm Anoush Zamarodi. Each week on NPR's TED Radio Hour, we go on a journey with TED speakers who help us answer some of life's biggest questions. Oh, wow. Yeah, let's get right to it. Join us. Saturdays at 4 p.m. Here on WTJX FM 93.1. And we're back here and analyze this. And I just want to let the public know for the viewing audience on Channel 12 tonight, we got in conversation with AARP. That's at 8.30 p.m. AARP, uh, VA host Troy Schuster and Pamela Toussaint discuss advocacy wins and work that began in 2022 and looking ahead to 2023. That's at 8.30 tonight in conversation with AARP. And then with Black for Black History Month, making Black America through the grapevine tonight on channel 12 uh, uh, TJX at 10 and 11 p.m. So we got good stuff on the dozen channel 12 uh, tonight. We got a power hour. You know, we do this thing once a month, the first Friday of the month, we designate that uh, to try to inform the public as to where we are. Um, We got um, Ken Bernier, former PSC um, commissioner uh, on on the line. Uh, Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Mr. Bernier. How are you? Yes, Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm okay. Okay, good. And we got the Energy Office Director, who is a founding member of uh, the Power Hour. Let me ask the question this way to you, and try to be as pointed as possible. What's your biggest frustration as a Virgin Islander, uh, Mr. Bernier, as to where we're at with our uh, energy crisis? Oh, uh, never. I want to be pointed. Just be pointed, please. As a, as a as a former PSC director, uh, commissioner, and we have the expertise along with uh, your compadre, Doc Skoll, uh, we can correct this problem. No, but um, I, I, I asked, what's your biggest frustration? I, You know what it is? Being a professional, my job is to solve problems. I don't have no frustration because I'm aware of the pitfalls as a government that we're in that's creating the hardship for our people. The young, the elderly, and the forgotten. My thing, Neville, as a Virgin Islander, I'm a professional first, and I am saddened as a Virgin Islander, and which you have that expertise too, to correct our ills, because we have the people here that can get these jobs done and leave the politics out of it. 
Like I always say in my but, campaign. But, let me, but, have... but, but hold on there. Hold on there. Let, 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 let me stop you there. Let, let me ask you this question. Are we being realistic, given how small the Virgin Island is, to leave the politics out of it when everybody knows everybody? With all due respect. Neville, we're at a crossroad. I agree, we, I agree with that. Yeah. We had two cat fights. We had two years of, of COVID. As a people now, we have to forget we're a Democrat, Republican. Our job right now is to sustain our children and our elderly. But, 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 I'm glad you went there because if there's one thing that I have tried to champion is that um, we need to see with our naked eye that the recovery is literally happening and that we are going to benefit from it. We've said that. And, 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 and that's what we want. Because the last thing, because this is a real a litmus test for us, and let me bring you in here, um, Mr. Mr. Chairman. The last thing we would want, the leadership who appropriated this significant amount of money for us, and this is just limited to energy, Mr. Chairman, is that we don't deliver the goods. And I, I, I don't think that that's, and I don't think that that is at risk to, to say. I think it's certainly taking longer than we would like it to happen. Okay. But I don't think that we're, when we talk about, you know, and you talk about before about giving back. I don't think I don't think that's where we are. I don't think we're at a risk for that. I think we're, we're, there are most projects. But, it, but, but, but it was but it was it was articulated. It was threatened when the HUD secretary was here back in April. You heard the frustration in her voice that that certain. Um, Time, the, the, from a timeline perspective, we aren't where we need to be, and we're giving the impression that we don't need the money. That was something that she said. Well, I, I, I won't speak for the, the spectrum because I, I, those projects cover housing. To, yes, to a number of different like nonprofits and yeah, all that stuff. But, yes, you know. But when, when we're talking about, for example, uh, we're talking about energy. Right? Yeah. We're talking about, for example, we, we talked earlier about the Wardzilla project, mm-hmm. and you know, we, we just last week at the board meeting, uh, we we had, we had a very detailed. Uh, presentation by uh, Shavante Marsh, who spoke to the the progress that's being made and and the the, the near term. What's the title for Shavante Marsh? Uh, she is the current. Um, I think she's currently the acting, not system planning. I think she may be uh, the uh, project management, project manager. special uh, special projects project, okay. director, coordinator. Yeah, director. Yeah. Um, and the, they they are we we're nearing the actual commissioning of that project that. Uh, we have an extension for that to be the end of March. So we're looking at Q1, end of Q1, beginning mm-hmm. of Q2 to be commissioning that project. So we're not talking about starting. We're not talking about engineering. We're not talking about, you know, uh, uh, you know, project design. This is turning those systems on and having them actually be part of our system okay. within Q1. So this, so that's what I say when we're talking about not at risk of, of, of giving back. Yes, these projects take time, but these are not projects that are taking time in the administrative phase. These are projects that are taking phase in their actual physical execution phase, but they are nearing actual coming fruition. Similarly, look at the, the composite poles. There's no denying that we can see that there's been a substantial amount of composite poles and undergrounding work being done on St. Thomas, mm-hmm. sorry, on St. John and St. Croix. These things are happening, again, at the pace that we would like. No, but there is action being taken, and we're constantly uh, striving to improve the efficiency in which these physical shovel-ready projects are brought to fruition. Uh, so that's where, you know, and we talk about the action plan for the, uh, the you talk about the electrical grid yeah, tranche yeah, yeah. four, tranche five. Tranche five. You know, that action plan. And this is well to my point to, to um, uh, Mr. Rainier's point earlier, saying that somehow a single audit fixes all of these problems. No, like there, this is regardless of whatever status we had, these are the steps of 
the federal process. Mm-hmm. Puerto Rico has for the, the action plan. For the action plan, yeah. and the action plan is the first step in the approval process. That is how th- there is there is no special script for the Virgin Islands because of some deficiency we've had. This is what the conditions and terms. Every single every single federal grant application, whether it be for the ones that we process through the Energy Office or pr- process through mm-hmm. HUD. There is a clear list of ap- uh, application instructions that and guidelines that need to be met for funds, to, you know, either funds to be approved, released, Alloca- reconciled, allocated, all that stuff. There's steps to this process regardless of the Virgin Island status. So, and again, the community needs to understand that like these aren't, this isn't, these aren't. Uh, there's not so much always just uh, specific uh, requirements just because of the Virgin Islands um, status. Granted, not saying that doesn't create issues, but it's not the only thing that stops. Or, or creates these administrative steps along the way. So these things are happening, and that's why I said in terms of the on the energy side, I don't see as much of a concern on it, the returning of the funds because, again, at various these projects are no, in no, various no, stages. No, of but that's, no, but that's good news. If, if if you're confident in that level, that's good news. Final thoughts from you, Mr. Bernier. You know, <clears throat> Neville, of course the action plan has to be applied uh, from a policy point of view, because that's how you get access to the funds. I don't think Mr. Uh, the chairman is understanding if any government agency has nothing to do just with WAPA, PFA, Port Authority, WICO, etc. As long as you have an audited financial statement, CDBG to HUD itself you, it's what you call a MOU, which will direct each of those agencies will come a subscription and the funds will go straight to that entity because they have proper accounting standards. That's what I'm explaining to the chairman. Of course, you have to have the action plan to be acquired to get the funds. I, am, I know that. And that's why, Neville, I was sharing with you the policy side we are missing. And that's why a lot of these funds are sitting Five years, those capital projects, Neville, the governor is talking about $800 million a year. Look at the Port Authority with our, a gentleman like Mr. Dow. If he had four $500 million, Dow knows how to move that money within a year or two with capital projects because he's already engaged. The same thing with the Public Finance Authority. When we had access to those bond proceeds, you have a free hand to go in and bring in as much contractors, as much engineers, and get those projects on the road. We did three schools Mr. Bernier, I ask you, can you give a, a, a closing statement? Because I don't want it to make it seem like oh, we're being redundant oh. here. Ne- Neville James, mm-hmm. Neville James, I want to thank you. Mm-hmm. And I'm so supportive of our utility people, what they're doing under the conditions that they're in. And I am putting an extension to your chairman that I have a white paper that I could assist him to assist him whether uh, my expertise to assist him and get assisting the people of the Virgin Islands. Thank you, Mr. Jim. Thank you so very much, much, Mr. Bernier. And thank you for being a, a concern and a caring Virgin Islander because clearly I could hear that uh, in your voice. What I don't want though, on this particular program, right? Because and, and, and it, it, it looks like this is the week for it to happen, Mr. <laughs> Fleming. Now, because Monday we had a we had a situation got the Canil Bay thing in St. John, right? Oh yeah. And you know, folks were calling and all that stuff. And I I gonna say this for the last time, and for the very last time, this particular program analyzed this is not 
like any other commercial radio station you're hearing where we get confrontation on this particular medium. This is an informational medium. We are NPR station. We want the information. We want documented information, facts, data, what have you, because we're confident enough in the public that they could process what we say. We don't want them to say, want people to come in on, and I'm not taking a shot at Mr. Bernie, I'm talking about everybody right. who call in, right? Believe me and don't believe he or stuff. We don't function like that here, right? We have utmost confidence in our audience that they could pick, like we just said locally, pick sense out of nonsense. Right. You check what I'm saying? I don't think you can deny though, Mr. Chairman, the level of frustration no. that we're dealing with here in the Virgin Islands with our uh, beautiful people. I was going to use another term that another thought I use, but I ain't going to even give he that prop this morning. The lovely people of the Virgin Islands, we need relief as it relates to our energy for us, number one, and number two, for our future. Yeah. Because you can't have economic development and economic sustainability. If the energy costs can be ridiculously high, sir, you no, cannot. I, impossible. And the, the the example I constantly use as a reference to that, and I think while it's vastly different in terms of their geographic location, but I look at what they're able to do because they've gotten their energy mix uh, sorted out fully, is 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 Iceland. You know, Iceland is is a place that was you know really wasn't on the tourism map even a even 10, 15 years ago. And this is a northern tier. This is a northern tier. <laughs> a northern tier destination. Volcanic. And it's a destination now? It's a destination. I mean, yeah. and, and, but I, 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 it can't be lost. On, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be lost on us that they're able to achieve, they're able to focus their efforts on developing their product. And that's what they've done. They've really, they've really worked on developing their product based off of their natural research, resource. They have geothermal. They have a unique op- access to a geothermal energy resource mm-hmm. that simplifies their energy mix. But again, in terms of leveraging it to the extent that they have, now that that's out of their mind, they don't have to worry about the energy problem. Now they can focus I, on I, how I, do we build I, everything I, else I, around I, it. You know what that is, right? Putting the plan in place and having the discipline to stick to it. Exactly. And that has been our historical problem, along with uh, what we mentioned earlier, where short-term things become permanent and all that stuff. Well, we, rea- I, we react a little. We, I, I, I had a conversation yesterday where one of the challenges when we when we react, when we're constantly in in, in, a, in, a, in a position of reacting, you, that's not always where the best innovations come from, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, we're thinking about okay, let's yes. fix now. Not I, and I, I think I think you just crystallized it there. Yeah. We've been in reactionary mode for decades, right? There's a couple of things that I want to say though, and and, and it might sound political, but. You know, I'm getting up there. And when I get someone like you and our young people who lead their agencies, I don't feel good about the Virgin Islands because I know that the future, the potential for the Virgin Islands is unlimited with people like yourself who have gone, gotten educated. And, and you just said, I could be somewhere else. This is your passion, right? And, 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 and we need that. So I, I just want to put that there. I, I feel that I, I used to look at myself as yourself. Now I got to accept the fact that I did up there. You know, <laughs> even though I rack my brains and try to act like I'm young, right? That, that, that's number one. Uh, num- number two, we owe it to the people of the Virgin Islands to give them options. We can't really be telling people how to live their life. And in order for that to happen, we can't be um, uh, obligating their disposable income to the point where they got to be s- setting aside a dis- disproportionate amount of money for energy. 
And, and, for, and for anything. Right. We need them to have flexibility. And this has to be a, a big picture thing, a true big picture approach, Mr. Energy Office Director. It can be, you know something, uh, we run the government, um, how we see it is how we're going to be, and I got to live like that. We can't live like we can't think like that anymore. We cannot, no, because, I, because they're moving off the grid. I want to move off the grid. They're gonna hurt our infrastructure. And, and and I think at the end of the day, you know, we we talk. One of the things that I've talked about, you know, at length, maybe not as much in this forum, but certainly in in all other <laughs> all other ears that are willing to listen. I think for sure we talked a lot about a lot of things we talked about today are at the power system level, right? So mm-hmm. it's especially at the generational side. That is obviously at the the core of everything that happens with the utility. But at the end of the day, I really think where we as as the authority need to be is start looking at energy not as as, as an energy generator, but more so looking at energy as a service. Because at the end of the day, yes, when someone's going yes. when 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 as a component, right? Not 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 not, not necessarily. A dominant entity. We can't have that. It gotta be a service. It, 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 and so, and that, and really, I think when you start looking at a service, then you can start really appreciating that that service can be delivered in a mul- in a multitude of different forums and applications. But I, I, but I like what you said earlier. We're wrapping up now. Affordability, efficiency, reliability, reliability, and repairs. Customer service. Customer service. I appreciate that. Look, yeah. number. I'm grateful to that. Why you know? Every time we talk, but WAPA, even on the table talk, the phone number blow up. You check what I'm saying? So don't feel that way, you check? Yeah, no problem. This, this topic yeah, is ideal, and tell me if it's real, real Chris, I say hello. I will, I will. She, she's in St. Vincent now, so, she, so this is probably the one morning where she ain't listening. <laughs> Good for her, I like that, I like that. Um, thanks, audience, for being a part of the Power Hour this morning. Thank you, our CEO, Andy Smith. Thank you, Zoe Zimmer, for setting this up. Thank you, Glenn. I'm uh, on the board, and... Um, be good, be safe, have a great weekend, okay? And we're looking forward to the fair in another couple of weeks. Until then, talk to you. Be good. Bye-bye. opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like Jeff Bezos. He had that big cowboy hat on. (laughs) He looked like like a shrink ray had hit Garth Brooks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Peter Sagel. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. All of us want to know what's going on, but only some of us want to know the why. That's where we come in. 1A is a place for the curious. Daily conversations for those looking to make sense of our world. I'm Jen White. I hope you'll join me next time for 1A. Catch 1A at its new time, weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1.